well uh, because I could see you while you moved and then my mirror neurons were firing so that I was mimicking you. So that was great. Wow, amazing. I gotta yeah. um, remember it now that I can see you that I still need to talk about mine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm, I'm like looking at... This is great. So we are now um, FaceTiming while we record. Which, which a lot of podcasters do, okay, but we have been playing with our setup, and there's a reason We're why new. we didn't do it in the past, but then now it is perfectly reasonable for us to look at each other while we podcast. Hello! Well, and we've officially just entered the um, worst part of being a teenager for a number of podcast episodes. Get it? 16. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 16, where... Ashlyn is the age she was when she had her conversion, but that's right. Everything leading up to that sucked. That's right. So there's that. <laughs> um, who is this? It's Ashlyn. I'm Christina. Welcome to a place within where we get to the heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires, where we trust we will find the gospel and our need for it. Karigma, yes, karigma, karigma. So much pizzazz. It was called pizzazz because I've got pizzazz. You're the pizzazz girl. The Jesus. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. I mom. knew you could do it. Do what? I'm chewing black licorice, and I know that there are haters out there that are going to say that's disgusting. <laughs> For I a think variety of reasons. I do not <laughs> like black licorice. Wait, Ashlyn, are you proud of me because I said the intro? Or because. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was because I was blossoming into a wonderful young woman. <laughs> it's both. It's both, sweetie. It's that you did your chores and you're my daughter. I did not do my chores. Look at my room. Y'all, it's not clean in there. But I've had I've had the weekend, I'm serious, where like my activities have been making my room a mess and then cleaning it up for the That's, last two days. It's been my whole week. It's been my whole <laughs> My whole actually, I spent the whole past like year and a half. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I I just don't have good habits. It's like when I do my makeup, I pick something up. All right, I take up I pick something up from like my makeup organization area. I put it on my face. <laughs> I put it on my face and then I t- I just toss it aside. No, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Take it back. I wish I was kidding. When I try it's things on the morning, I try them on and then I toss them aside. Like in that video no, with no, the cobra. No, no. <laughs> Look at this man. <laughs> he picks up a cobra and tosses it aside. <laughs> What's that you, even from? You ask this man what he does for a living and he says, I toss cobras aside. <laughs> no? What are you talking about? I've never showed you that video of the man tossing cobras aside. No. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Are we even friends? God created this man and forgot to put fear in his heart. <laughs> it's just a guy in a cobra pit, like picking up cobras and <laughs> tossing them aside. Nah, I'm serious. No, there's no way. Oh my gosh, at I'm getting a little years. too silly when I look at you while we podcast. I can do I'm not this because I'm having fun. But I also can't laugh in the middle of my stories about tossing things aside. Well, <laughs> listeners, you need to understand that this this is our second podcast in a row today. Yes, yes. Um, so it this is, is how it is. Still this is just March, how it is. 
oh, I like this look. I just put oh, my yeah, hood on. Oh, yeah, she looks good. <laughs> I put she my put her hood on, on but then headphones. she has her little, it, she has, like, Princess Leia look with the headphones. It's super. No, yeah, you look like Obi-Wan, <gasps> help us. You're our only hope. This is what she looks like with the hood up. So it's the beginning of A New Hope, and Christina is Princess Leia, and that's just how it is. I want, oh I wanted to brag about how good I am because now that I'm 26, I clean my room really well, and I like it when it's clean, and I go to bed every night with a clean room Straight. but right now my laundry basket is holding all of the stuff that I'm, is going to go in my bag when I go on my mission trip so yeah, yeah. when you're listening to this listeners you will already Christina be I'll already be there pray for our Appalachian mission all of our kiddos all of our people mm-hmm. um down there yeah, so apologies, not apologies, I mean, I think it's fine, but we are pre-recording this guy. It is still not Lent while we are recording, but while it is released, it will have been Lent for quite some time. But Ashlyn, A whole week. That's right. But Ashlyn will be on her mission trip, so there's not going to be time to record between now and the next release and the release after that. So here mm-hmm. we are, doing it again. Here we are, here we are. So, speaking of our angsty younger selves, not even angsty, just like uh, trying to become who we are. I was scrolling through my good old um, memories on Facebook because why not, you know? Mm -hmm. And nine years ago was when I was in my final high school musical. Um, So, that was memories. And that got me really looking at the memories page. And I found this gem. From this day in 2011, eight whole years ago. Wow. I was a freshman in college. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I know. She says that like I'm old. She's like, it was that long ago that you were a oh freshman in college. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's... I was a check. sophomore in high school. Right? You, Is that yeah. the right... That's the right time, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. You graduated wow. in 2010, yeah? Mm-hmm. You, yeah? Yeah. That sounds about right. Okay, cute. Um... <laughs> But I was, a, I was a freshman. Okay. Yep. Okay. Anyway. When we're forty, it won't matter. Well, it's true. When well, I'm I've... forty and you're forty-three. <laughs> <laughs> that right. really—that's not that many years. Anyway, we're it's moving not. on. So, this is my Facebook status from this day in history eight years ago. Ooh, at one twenty-nine a.m. Ooh, <laughs> you were having a no. good day. Okay. I want to know what day of the week it was. <laughs> Same. Um, Ashlyn Dunn thinks that single men should hold interviews. Mm. See, I'm great at interviews and applications, but horrible at talking to men. I feel <laughs> that the previously stated question is an, there was no question. I didn't state a question. I feel the previously stated question is an obvious solution to my problem. Is this appalling and a little unromantic? I don't know. I'm too tired. Good one. And what were the comments? I think that they were actually positive. What were the comments? Oh, they weren't actually positive. <laughs> oh, yikes. But then... Wait, what? The, what were some of the comments? Ooh, oh, no. Tea. Oh, the tea is What did they say? Comments. Okay, so everybody's like reacting like, oh, wow. A friend of mine who's a little older than me, probably farther apart in age than us is like oh my gosh you're talking to men i feel like you're 11 now you're talking to men i was like i'm older now than you were when i was 11 so how crazy <laughs> is that and then my best friend 
at this time and still in life says, girl, you are crazy. <laughs> and then a year after yes. the fact. So all those are. <laughs> I want to find this and control it The now. last guy I was like, ugh, like romantically involved in, not in a bad way, just in like a last guy that I would like been friends with and then went on a date with. Um, a year after I posted this said, yes. <laughs> oh god that is that is disturbing this just took a completely different turn um yes you need to con you need to follow up with him you know it's not polite you know, to I'm... ask for interviews and applications and not follow up with those he who didn't comply. get that job yeah he didn't yeah get he that didn't job. even get an interview bless That's his heart oh he got an interview he just ah, didn't ah. really <laughs> Do a great job. See, here's the thing. I'm not great at application. Actually, I'm great at applications. Great at applications. Not great at interviews. Not great at interviews. We've got some empirical data to back that one up. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, I don't know if I'm great at talking to men either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. I'm great at talking You're- to men, like, in a way that, like, where I just, like, kind of stand there and talk to them. <laughs> But not in a way that, like, makes them like me unless they're, like, really weird, which is fine because those are the kinds of guys that I like. But, um, I, like, I don't, like, like, it's not, like, a cute thing. It's, like, I don't know. What's an example? If a guy comes up to me, okay, here we go. Have I told the story on the podcast before? One time I was out at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) You told part of it. (laughs) The one about the Nature Valley bar? No, I thought this is the guy who... So that he liked like capitalism or something. No, no, no. I was a little bit better at talking to him. No, um, uh, <laughs> about the story about the Nature Valley bar and the lipstick. Okay, and uh, one other story. Okay, it'll be fast. Rapid fire stories. <laughs> so Christine's telling a story now. Thank you. So I show up at this place having a good time with my pals, and um, some dude goes, "Hey, I like your lipstick color," and I take it out and I go thanks would you like to borrow it and he was like huh? and then he walked away and i was like yay and then um I did sent- you want to talk to him was that like not a, really ooh, what? no i mean th- yeah i mean i wasn't really like trying to chat with anybody i mean if somebody had been like really catching my attention i would be like a little bit more normal but maybe not by much because honestly if somebody responds to these things in a positive way that's a good indicator for me <laughs> right uh, that's a plus same night sit down on a couch and uh, I'm I'm hungry. <laughs> I I take out the Nature Valley bar that I had in my purse and I start eating it. That's yeah, right. That's right. Not just Boy Scouts that that's right. are prepared. That's right. Say some other guy I think sitting down, and he's like, Haha, "You're hungry?" And I go, "Yep." Want some? And I offer him some of my Nature Valley bar, and he's like, Haha. And then he walks away too. And then, <laughs> and then uh, this other dude. Walking by, you are very beautiful. Thank you. Jesus loves you. And he goes, ready for this? He goes, me? Jesus doesn't love me. And I went, oh my goodness, sit down. We need to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus loves you no matter what you did. And then, unfortunately, my friend who had been drinking some things came and pulled me away. I was like, this is an important conversation. I can't leave. But we had to leave. So here we are. That's what we call a vanity date, everybody. Well, I don't know that there was any dating going on. Fair enough. It's called bar evangel- evangelization. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's what it's called. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Love that. All right. That's been this week's episode of Place. <laughs> <laughs> this week and every week, Christina talks about something really ridiculous that she did involving sending men away. Remember the time that I read a Facebook post from 11 years ago? Oh, yeah. No, just not 11, 8, 2011. Oh, I think 11 years ago. ago. It's 2022, everybody. 11 years ago, I still had a Facebook, though. So You don't have one anymore? No, I do. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. That's how I just read it. I, I know, you. that didn't really make sense. So, <sighs> that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, this weekend, still in the same weekend as the last episode. So, trivia, everybody. What city was I in this weekend? Denver. <laughs> Boom. At least Denver. And um, the, the nighttime... There was like a gathering <laughs> in in the nighttime. <laughs> it was more evening time. All right. Um, all right. There was a gathering of people, <laughs> and uh, I, I was talking to this one person, this one guy, and this one other person about like, uh, oh, what were we even talking about? No, 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 some theological thing. And we like heard this other very large group talking about the temperaments and Mm. and um that's when you know that's right and this guy pauses and he he was one of the students at this um at the augustine institute he pauses he looks over at them and he looks at us and he goes i hate it when they do this (laughs) 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 and it was so funny because this whole conversation um i don't know we had all been getting very animated and having a like kind of very much being ourselves and they're talking about the temperaments and i was just brought back to this moment where i yelled at this person i had just met i this is again gonna tie into me not being able to talk to men uh (laughs) i yelled at this person i just met i pointed at him with my finger (laughs) and i yelled you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) about the temperaments no 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 no. Just <laughs> you said that to him, but you. you no, no, no. You this, is, this is sorry. No, no, no. Okay, let me let me be clear. This was going back, um, like earlier in the the same conversation. So he said, "I hate it when they talk about the temperaments," and I was like, thinking about the temperaments after I noticed that they were talking about the temperaments, mm-hmm. and then I was reminded of the moment during that conversation when I yelled at him, "You don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> Which temperament am I? Choleric. Yeah. <laughs> These people pronounced it choleric. I, don't know I was just about there. to talk about people that pronounce it choleric. It's uh, probably that. It might Smart be. people always say choleric. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I feel like there's a reason I say choleric, and I went to a talk by the woman who wrote the book. But well, isn't it actually, kind of like ancient? Oh, I guess so. It's just like having a renaissance. I know it is. I just mean like the person who wrote the book that made it popular now, um, who I guess would be an an expert. Like the temperament God gave you or something? Yeah. However, I think the person who was talking about it with choleric also was Mm. at that talk. So, I mean, does it really matter? I don't think so. I mean, maybe linguists would say yes, but whatever. Or they would say no. I don't know. So, With uh, with that talk about personality quizzes yeah it like descended into everybody taking this personality quiz um and like trying to place themselves what i know about my personality is Mm -hmm. that um if i were a parks and rec character 
I would be little Sebastian, says BuzzFeed. <laughs> so that was actually the most accurate, I feel like, personality quiz I ever took. <laughs> and I was incredibly flattered by it. Bye, bye, little Sebastian. That was you so good. 5,000 candles in the What's better than Candle in the Wind? 5,000 5, candles, candles in the wind. <laughs> that legendary and I know. if you it really is. think that Classic. it's not legendary you better email it us at apwpodcast at gmail.com yeah tell us about how wrong you are yeah <laughs> then i will email you back the link to the buzzfeed quiz but now back to more legit but are they legit personality personality checks? well i think that they function quizzes. as like tools um for understanding oh we're getting ourselves. into it oh we don't have to yeah i also um no no, no it's time <laughs> received a phone call this last week from my brother oh yeah um he had spent some time doing personality quizzes and i've always known when i tried to get him to take the myers-briggs when i tried to understand his temperament he hates these he's one of the haters <laughs> um and so we discussed a little bit about why he didn't like them um and yeah it's it's i don't want to like diminish his anguish here but you know i'm a person why do you need to put me in a box? I think that it's harmful to type people. You think that or he thinks uh, that? No, no. These, this is what my brother was saying. But I think that I could understand where he's coming from there. So I, I want to hear what you think about personality quizzes. You said they're helpful for understanding ourselves. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more about it. I definitely think like that they can be kind of reductionist, though. Um, and that like if we... Uh, yeah, we definitely should not allow ourselves to be reduced to like a list of qualities mm-hmm. um, that we find through a quiz that's not going to take into account all of the situations in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. It's not going to take into account all the nuance, um, even in our tendencies, right? Like people say like, oh, yeah, I know it's situational, but like you think about your natural tendency outside of the situation, um, mm-hmm. even in the situation, it's still going to be uh, even outside the situation. It's going to be a little bit more nuanced than I think what the quizzes often allow. Mm-hmm. But I do think that what we find, what I found at least from a lot of these things is that, um, I don't know, they're like, they're, I think people who develop them, if they are good, are quite observant mm-hmm. and they have like kind of codified what they've observed. And, and I think that finding myself within those um, categories has been like mm-hmm. reasonably helpful as long as I keep in mind that I cannot allow myself to be reduced to that list. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, like also see, that I yeah. need to protect myself from reducing other people. Yes. To the qualities on the list. Yes. That's super important. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. we will do that so fast. Um, yeah. yeah. So I can think of, um, I feel like understanding my temperament as like choleric primarily. And then I think, I think melancholic, um, as number two i would agree (laughs) well because i think externally like everybody who i just met this weekend were like what you're choleric sanguine i was like well i don't know you but this is also like i I, like i mean but also i was like oh is that like what they mean by tendencies it's like in like but i don't think so no like i think like i process slowly and like go through thinking every single little thing over like sanguine i can resonate with like losing my keys really easily and crying about it um and like having FOMO and like liking to just hang with people as much as I can um Mm -hmm. as long as I get an hour or two to myself every day (laughs) um yeah let's dial it back for a second and 
briefly explain. Let's start with the temperaments yeah. and briefly explain yeah. what are the temperaments. You and go. you just went to a talk about it? No, no, no. I went to actually I went to a talk at the Given Forum back in 2016 and this person. Well, was you there still too. probably know more about it than me. So why don't you take a stab? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I don't. Um, I don't remember how you define them. Um, okay. Maybe maybe how about I start and then you interject your feminine genius as you're reminded of things. Okay. I was introduced to the temperaments my first year at new staff training. As a first year missionary, I was sitting down with my team. I was like, what the heck is this? And my team director was super into it, wanted me to take this test, was trying to tell me what I was. And I was like, oh, these all sound bad. Um, and was very into the book, the temperament that God gave you. Um, and so I'm taking this quiz and I don't know, I thought it was like kind of interesting. Um, but I heard all these weird words. So like sanguine, mm-hmm. choleric mm-hmm. or choleric, <laughs> melancholic and phlegmatic. And these four words correspond to different kinds of fluid in your body. <laughs> Back in ancient Greece, they believed that your temperament came about from an overabundance of one of these fluids. And then if you drained the fluid, you would become less overabundantly like that. Um, That's not true. But these observations about, yeah, personalities and um, tendencies and approaches to the external um, are kind of interesting. So cholerics or cholerics are bossy <laughs> ashlyn let's use person-centered language so uh choleric people those who identify as choleric choleric people have in- argumentative argumentative um argumentative quick to respond quick yeah quick um, and dealing with things on a more topical level less um deep Hey, then the bullet—that's okay. No, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, so so Ashlyn is gonna explain it a little bit in uh, I mean, uh, you have to explain it a little bit in like a reductionist way. It's just kind of how Mm -hmm. it is, and then the reality of each person is more nuanced than that. Go and even the reality of the temperament. Like if you were to read Mm -hmm. a book about it, they would each have like a lot of pages dedicated to describing them. But we're gonna go fast. Keep going. Sanguine is like gregarious. Yeah. Um very personable kind of life of the party type of person mm-hmm. um and they also deal with things and more of the shallow topical yes um phlegmatic is funny because it's phlegm um <laughs> but kind of easygoing um go with the flow um follower personality that's centered on things more deeply and melancholic is the brooding thinking mulling over type Um, yep and usually people are a cool little intersection of two Mm -hmm. yeah good um yeah and just like those of us who um probably mostly melancholic people um who are hearing this and getting like oh it's not totally accurate like i said it's like this is a quick like sentence just a quick little description 
So if you want to learn more about it, definitely go online, look it up, get a book, etc. So what you think? What are you, Ashlyn? So when I took the test, <laughs> I was a sanguine melancholic. Uh-huh. Um, in the, that's very um, rare, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's supposed to be impossible. Yeah. That's and then person. another really close friend of mine tested as a choleric phlegmatic, which seems even less More possible. <laughs> Uh, because <laughs> those things funny. are opposites and so i was like having this weird like unnecessary existential crisis of i'm the opposite of myself oh my god that's um, so but actually there were tons of focus missionaries who actually did have similar personalities to me who were like no i'm a sanguine melancholic too huh. um and <laughs> wow the, when i'm in a management a position i find that i'm actually more choleric um mm -hmm. But that when I'm not in a management position, the way that I deal with not being in a position of leadership is to be sanguine instead, I think, honestly. Mm. And I think that um, because, I mean, there's like some freedom that can come in the temperaments by only having four types. Um, there's just more variety in each of the type. And so I think that it feels a little bit less oppressive. But I think that because the types are just a little less specific they're easier to fake you know mm -hmm. or to adapt so there's nothing about being a sanguine melancholic it talks about the ways that i react to situations which is helpful you know and in a lot of ways accurate um the ways that i respond in different situations that react and respond are the same thing ashlyn um but as far as my tendency to yeah take on the the personality that seems most useful to the situation that's not really described in anything that I've read about the temperaments right mm -hmm. um and so when it's going to be most advantageous this is going to make me sound a little manipulative to act phlegmatic I'll do it you know um I don't have to be in charge right but when I'm not in charge I'm going to spend more time being the life of the party you know when I'm in charge I'm going to be a little bit more direct and argumentative when I'm in my feelings listening to music i want to think about what it all means right um but i think that the point of the temperaments is like what are our tendencies like in our most comfortable most comfortable environment like maybe mm -hmm. outside of like responsibility mm -hmm. um because i think that a part of like being an an adjusted adult is like being able to take on characteristics that are um either less comfortable or that are adapted to the situation and um I think that the temperament gets a little bit more at like what actually somebody over the weekend said that like it it's more determined by how you are in your home life than in your work mm -hmm. life. What, what what about when they're the same thing? <laughs> well, then that then that's great. Nothing wrong with that. Like when your home and work life, when your temperament's the same. No, it's like oh, when your home life and work life is the same thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good point, <laughs> Ashlyn. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so the temperaments, interesting, mm -hmm. can be helpful, mm -hmm. but I don't really think, like, I mean, yeah, they can, they can be useful, but they have their limitations, just yeah. like we said. But I, I do think that, like, looking at people's um, temperament and, like, being able to respond to them accordingly, like, for mm -hmm. me, keeping in mind when somebody is phlegmatic, honestly, I need, it's something I need to talk about with, like, a spiritual director, um, but like, I know that 
if somebody is like type dysphlegmatic that I have to be careful like relating to them and like projecting myself onto them because they will not respond mm-hmm. the way that I would respond if I were mm-hmm. to say the same thing to them mm-hmm. you know so I think that that's a really helpful thing for me um mm-hmm. it's kind of like getting an intuition about others and then mm-hmm. um trying to be sensitive to that yeah other personality things what do you like um the first time I ever took a personality test and yeah felt like wow just like immensely known by my mm-hmm. results other than the little Sebastian time was um taking the Myers-Briggs quiz mm-hmm. and it wasn't the real Myers-Briggs so I think that's another thing to take into consideration when we're talking about personality tests yeah um for better or for worse like the the version that has been most developed usually is at cost like you have to pay something to take it right yeah. and there's tons of other versions on the internet that yeah. might be really good and might be really bad and you don't actually know you know and so I think that that's another thing to just take into consideration I don't think that it says okay now we have to throw them all out but I think that um the personality test the Myers-Briggs that's like hundreds of questions and has to be like graded and assessed by a trained professional like I've never taken that um, um yeah okay the 16 personality types which is a modified version of the myers-briggs and is free online um i tested as an enfj and then i was so into it and i was trying to share with other people and then i kept testing as different things Uh but um when i first read the profile on an enfj i was just like oh this is me Mm. um and i was in college um and i just felt like I was reading a piece of paper that described like some of my deepest convictions or approaches to life, you know, Mm -hmm. motivations and Mm -hmm. and such. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a sobering experience and it made me desire to know that about all the people that I loved, you know? Yeah. Um, if I knew all of these things about myself now, I, I wanted to understand that about them too. Mm-hmm. How about you? Have you taken 16 personalities or Myers-Briggs? Yeah, so I took 16 personalities a couple times. And then for a class, actually, um, a Catholic leadership class, um, I took something more similar to the real one. I don't know if it's the real, real one. And I also didn't have a trained professional um, assessing it. But um, that one I, I bought a little bit more because it was a little bit more serious. And it also um, recognized, like the 16 personalities does the percentage thing. But mm-hmm. I kind of bought the the ratios that I saw in this version a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so I come out as NF- ENFP. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, so that I, I would agree with what you said that like w- the people on the 16 personalities um, kind of describe the personality pretty well. Um, and I similarly felt pretty known. Um, I do like, however... Um, I think that the ratios between each of the opposing kind of forces is mm-hmm. um, an important thing to keep in mind because the first few times I took it, I would always switch between P and J. Mm-hmm. I am on the version of the test that I took. I had like 11 um, extroverted responses and like 10 introverted introverted responses. But then as far as the NS dichotomy, so that's the intuitive so sense. Yeah. The, yeah. The four letters in Myers-Briggs um, are 
E and I, extroverted and introverted, and not so much your social preferences, but where you get energy. Do you yes. get energy from other people or do you get energy away from other people? Yeah. Um, intuitive, which is N, versus sensing, mm-hmm. which, which is, is S. S. Yeah. Um, intuitive is like, do you like internalize things and think about them really hard um, when you like process things or and sensing? I mean, this is my understanding. And again, we are not experts sensing being like, do you kind of take things a little bit more at face value? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit more pragmatically. That makes more sense. And then feeling versus thinking. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, are you more motivated by feelings or thoughts? Mm-hmm. And then um, judging per- versus perceiving. Mm-hmm. What does that one mean? Um, that one's a little hard to explain. Actually, I think this is more where pragmatism comes in. I'm not sure why they use the words perceiving and judging. Somebody it's kind of confusing. Of an, somebody who's more of an expert will explain that in another field. But um, <laughs> on another podcast. <laughs> on another We'll look for it. Um, but I think like pragmatism comes in there where like judging is going to be like more, yeah, pragmatic. Like we, this is what we need to do. We need to get it done. Like they don't, they like to be organized. They like to be um, like make decisions and perceiving mm-hmm. will be a little bit more relaxed about uh, oh, more of a procrastinator, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more of like maybe a little bit less decisive, like things like that. Um, so I think that with yeah. intuitive and sensing, it's like do I look within yeah. to understand situations yeah. or do I look outside yes, to yes, understand yes, situations? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I'm like forgetting really important things. There's like something about like how you process things and how you like relate to people that has to do with mm-hmm. the different letters. Anyways, so um, yeah, but my FT are like a little closer than what I thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I always thought that they should be closer than like mm-hmm. what the 16 personalities would give me. And this mm-hmm. one gave it to me a little bit. Like, I don't know, it was maybe something like you know, nine to like 12 or something, um, Mm -hmm. with on the feeling side. But I also knew that thinking was very much something that, um, is like, um, a big part of how I like process things or experience life Mm -hmm. or whatever. Anyways. Um, so I think that like all of that again has been helpful for understanding myself, but also just kind of like fascinating, you know, like I think Mm -hmm. that one maybe, I don't know. What do you think? How do you think that's been helpful for you in terms of like, living life and doing work and whatnot um honestly it was I, I i'm trying to understand and trying to remember even like when the shift happened but like i explained before i was so like thankful the first time i read it i was just like i want to i want to understand this for everyone i i want everyone to feel as as known as i feel right now um and as i entered more into missionary life and um honestly like silence and thoughtfulness mm-hmm. um I found it to be a less helpful resource yeah I, and I, I also found myself evening out mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and yeah kind of was you know a bit of a Myers-Briggs devotee and then kind of was like over it mm-hmm. after a time um yeah another personality thing that is definitely trending right now and is probably rightfully like controversial because it's like it's new and it's it's not new the enneagram is what i'm talking about and it's not new but it's like kind of having a comeback or like becoming more adopted western people that haven't always known about it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from a more South American tradition. Um, and so Western hemisphere, but not typically Western thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's like one of those things where I'm like, okay, Ashlyn, like don't put your foot in your mouth on something that people are going to listen to. But I sometimes wonder if part of the suspicion about it is because it's not Western. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's just so much that I, I don't know about it, but I've heard a lot of mixed reviews of, especially among Catholics about the Enneagram. So, um, yeah, tell us about the Enneagram. And I actually haven't heard many mixed reviews about it, but I'm curious about what you know. So I just, I want to be like, I think that once we talk about all of these different personality types that we're going to, we're going to address, um, that we're familiar with, then we'll be able to kind of dive into the heart, which is really what we're about here on this podcast. So, um, Please, like Christina already said, don't think of anything that we're saying as even an endorsement. But these are, if you're in a workplace, you know, somebody is talking about one of these things. Um, But the Enneagram is comprised of nine types. So temperaments, four. Myers-Briggs, 16. Enneagram, nine. And it investigates the aspiration and kind of gifting of nine different types of people that it's acknowledging are all there is, you know, nine types of people that all are different. So it's like you might be type dominant. That doesn't mean you're everything that has to do with this type explains who you are. Um, But people are organized into dominant types. And I have heard of Christians that reject the Enneagram and Christians that embrace the Enneagram, as well as Catholics that do either of those things. Um, Yeah, a priest friend of mine that I trust very much has no problem with the Enneagram. A priest who I think is in some ways scandalous, um, but don't know that well, is also, also teaches the Enneagram. So there's just a lot out there. Um, But at its basic level, nine types. Um... And there are lots of resources out there um, that you might have already heard of. Um, but some things that I have heard about the Enneagram, the first time it actually caught my attention and I wasn't just writing it off, was on a podcast from a Protestant podcaster, um, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, where she had Suzanne Stabile as her guest. Um, and Suzanne is a Christian woman who teaches the Enneagram. That's her life's work. And she described it with a lot of compassion and wisdom mm-hmm. and yeah she is the author of the road back to you and it, it was very intriguing to hear her thoughts on the enneagram so the enneagram explores motivations and dispositions towards self towards other towards reality um and is very much saturated in this outlook that you know all of these types are necessary and contribute something unique to the culture at large mm-hmm. um and oh the, why did i bring up suzanne it's that she said something that i really like took to heart <laughs> um that the enneagram isn't supposed to be tested it's supposed yes. to be taught and so the proper way for somebody to understand their dominant type of the Enneagram is not for them to take a test. It's for them to learn all the types and to understand, um, which is most like them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you're trying to sit all of your coworkers down to take the Enneagram, well, the 
people that teach the Enneagram, even if they're the ones that develop the test, know that that's not the best way to teach it. So um, that's coming from an expert secondhand. Um, but you're not going to sit down in an afternoon after knowing nothing about the other types and figure out what type you are. Um, and I think that that's pretty interesting. And I actually, I like that. Another thing about the Enneagram is that there's, that I don't see in other, um, personality types is that, um, when a person isn't doing so well, isn't especially healthy, um, they act different than they do when they're normal or they're especially healthy. And so the, Enneagram personality types are linked and certain types become more like other types when they're either unhealthy or very healthy. And so that was something that was dissatisfying to me about like Myers-Briggs or something like that, where when I'm not in a good headspace, my motivations are very different than when I'm most at peace with who I am. Yeah. A very interesting criticism I heard about the Enneagram um, from a, yeah, a friend that I trust is that that pattern of like actualization can be very like tempting to think that that actualization or that progress along a path comes from like self um, sure, versus movements of grace. Right. Right. I mean, what? I'm, sorry. Okay. I mean, I just mean that like all of these personality tests, like all of them will suggest that the, your most healthy version of yourself is going to be able to embrace different aspects um mm-hmm. of each of the types or whatever um and so like if we gotta if we want to take any of those things and incorporate them into a christian worldview it's always mm-hmm. going to involve movements of grace mm-hmm. always yeah i think that's super important that you know might be just like a of course to some of our listeners but actually like might be really important to take note of the um with a gospel worldview any personality test and any growth or any development um, is through God's divine providence and his grace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even if it is prevenient grace, which we learned about mm-hmm. in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Enneagram type, I'm still not exactly sure. I'm still not completely convinced, but uh, what do you I think, think I'm a three. You think so? That's um, where you were last time we talked to. Which is really interesting because there are other types that I admire more. Um, but when I'm thinking about who I was um, at a young age or things that like still motivate me, but like uh, in a, on a deeper kind of more like primal level, yeah. um, right. I see that I'm I'm most like how the Enneagram describes a type three. Yeah. And that's an important thing about the Enneagram. It's, I mean, they have like kind of names that go with them, but mm-hmm. a lot of times they just talk about them as the number. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an important thing, but just when, if we're like going to talk about it, then, then just to understand. What we're but doing. I actually think that that's a trend within lots of personality oh, really? um, things to make it more easily and more simply understood. They use like kind of named types. So like I N F or something or INFJ or something like that for Myers-Briggs is the defender on 16 personalities or you know like the type two through certain Enneagram resources is like the caregiver or something like that and I think that these things are more simply quote-unquote understood when they're given some sort of name or a type but I actually think that they become less useful Uh, that's a personal opinion um yeah, so tell us about the the type three. 
Um, the type three is um, an achiever. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the achiever. Um, I'm making kind of bratty air quotes here. Um, but wants to be the best at everything, but for the sake of their own acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some types that really crave like the the greatest excellence, but for the sake of itself. Um, and the type three desires excellence or achievement for the sake of themselves, um, which sounds kind of negative, but I definitely, mm -hmm. since hearing about that, yeah, I've really still like been trying to watch my own heart and like the way that I interact with the Lord as a result of like yes. this idea or this concept. Yes. Um, and it's still kind of inconclusive because mm. I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm kind of an, an organizer, you know, and I don't think that that has anything to do with anything I've ever read on a personality type, but you know, when it's about like memorizing the kind of dog breeds or like memorizing like family trees or just organizing people, mm. um, my mind just loves to do that. And so I desire to like know people and understand them. Um, and so you're not supposed to type other people and I still do it all the time. <laughs> um, I try to figure out how everyone yeah, fits. Anyway, that was a tangent, but the type three, um, usually is the one like, yeah, social climbing. Um, but, uh, something, some things that really resonated with me about descriptions, like compassionate descriptions about the type three. Mm -hmm. where that um the type three is is a feelings personality mm. but is very frequently frustrated by their own detachment from their feelings um so like and I had never thought about that before but I knew about myself like that I would forget about my feelings when they were inconvenient I would set them aside if they weren't fitting in with um whatever situation that I wanted to be in, you know, if my feelings were inconvenient for where I wanted to go. I would just like kick them to the curb and leave them behind. Mm -hmm. I think lots of types of people do that, but, mm -hmm. um, that was really interesting, but they like, yeah, when like a three, um, can accept that, yeah, who they are is lovable and not just, um, they're not just supposed to become whoever anybody else wants them to be. They just need to like learn who they are. Um, that was like freeing for me. So, yeah. What about you, Christina? Well, I, I think I'm sure to you where I'm not totally convinced, but I do resonate a lot with the Enneagram 4. Ashlyn thinks I'm a 4, right? So you think? I mean, yeah, but I I keep waffling around. <laughs> yeah, I think you're a 4. Yeah, I mean, so I think there's a lot in the 4 that makes sense to me. So the 4 is defined as, uh, before I say this, Something I actually really like about the Enneagram that I wonder if Christians don't like is that I think it names sins that we have tendencies toward. And mm -hmm. since the Enneagram isn't inherently Christian, it's not going to name them as sins. And then we're like, mm -hmm. ah, it's allowing us to sin. It's allowing us to have sinful temp mm -hmm. like natures that we don't work towards fixing. And mm -hmm. like, um, but I, I think that we just have to take it as a secular thing and go and bring our own understanding into it in mm -hmm. our community of believers. Anyways, mm -hmm. so now that I've, the reason I just said that is because four on the Enneagram Institute website is defined as the individualist, um, mm -hmm. uh, which is not a disposition that um, we, n er, not a philosophy that as Christians we 
<laughs> like very much. Um, mm. But the words they used to describe, again, I love this because it um, it names some of the things that I have a tendency towards. Sensitive, introspective, that's not a sin, but expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, temperamental. Mm. Um, and I think while I resonate with certain other um, numbers, some of my most basic um, qualities, things that I really do um, associate with myself are like emotionally honest and personal um, and and, like being self-aware and very sensitive. Um, I think those have always been a part of, um, yeah, a part of how I am. Uh, Yeah, something that like really resonated with me was, again, talking about that honesty with yourself um, Mm -hmm. that I think is fundamental to who I am and again I like this because what it's like the opposite of me that's why I'm laughing really (laughs) yeah (laughs) like honesty with myself is the thing that I have the hardest time with I just think that's funny I mean I don't know that yeah I mean I I think yeah I I think I can probably say that um I mean I don't think that necessarily like that I'm always super honest with myself but it is a motivating factor. That's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it like yeah. I want to know the truth about everything as much as possible including myself. And mm-hmm. like I want to allow um I don't I don't want to hide from darkness in truth mm-hmm. whether that has to do with me or somebody else or a situation. Um like one of the sentences they have in here is they're not afraid to see themselves warts and all. They might not mm-hmm. necessarily like what they discover but they don't mm-hmm. try to rationalize um, nor do they try to hide them or themselves from others or mm-hmm. others. Um, yep. Yeah. So all of that just seems very me. And it also like has a lot to do with like creativeness and all these things. Um, um, but then that's all this idea that like you feel like something is missing and, mm-hmm. um, and you're always looking for something to fulfill mm-hmm. this, this uh, hole. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is, it just fits with mm-hmm. the way that we, uh, like, what is my motivating factor? It's discovering truth and mm-hmm. finding purpose and finding fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, what does that have to do with Christianity? Mm-hmm. Quite right. a lot. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting because like the Enneagram acknowledges, I think you can kind of tell which one we like the most, but, um, <laughs> the acknowledges that, there's like a brokenness in mankind um but that from that like brokenness we can discover like the greatest gift that we have we have and so it's like in the enneagram tradition like the type four the like deepest brokenness and i and i don't mean that in like a christian sense of like the the deepest sin but like this this hole and this ache um i wonder if it's kind of similar to c.s lewis in till they have faces is that this complaint against god mm-hmm. is that um a four is like afraid that they will never be truly known yes yes but what they can give is um great confidence in actually where they've come from and for a three you know it's that we'll always have to deceive others in order to be loved mm. which then can bring about when like reckoned with um Mm -hmm. and and just not even for a christian but in truth like can be reckoned with in the loving and merciful case of the god who made all of us Mm -hmm. um who didn't make us all in nine types you know that's the thing i think bringing it back into like okay getting to the heart of these things sorry let me finish the sentence about threes you know it's (laughs) this 
in the Enneagram tradition, it's, it's explained as like this holy truth, this honesty. So these people that struggle with deceit, Mm -hmm. um, because of that struggle can bring forth, um, a profound honesty in who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like the people that are afraid that they will never be known can, um, bring forth like a a sureness of where they've come from. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I don't think it would be good <laughs> or in any way useful to say that God, when he created, thought, okay, I'm only going to make nine types of people, you know? Right. And and so this this frustration of those that just are on edge whenever anyone sets them down to to do personality tests is that, like, don't think that you know me. Just because, you know, I took your test, you know, mm-hmm. or my brother was saying that it, it, he feels like a cop out of rather than having to get to know me, somebody just wants me to take a test. And it's not that when we die and God willing are like with the Lord in heaven, he's like, yep, yeah, no, but it was actually the Myers-Briggs. There's only 16 types of you, you know, <laughs> or like God's like, yep, we, I was thinking about the temperaments this whole time. Sorry that you were so deceived by the Enneagram. Like, you know, like... No, all of these things that, like you said at the very beginning of this, Christina, are just like observations that human beings have about about each other. And it can it can be very tempting to make it very um, anthropocentric, anthropocentric, anthropocentric. I'm making up a word, but like people centered, you know, and we can get very lost in becoming like consumed and obsessed with just ourselves, you know, without this recognition that like, well, a personality test could be helpful it isn't necessary right um of course to become self-possessed or to yeah. like know others deeply Absolutely. um and and it is a tool that should never be treated like a religion i think yeah. for a for a person whose life is centered in the gospel but i also think something that maybe has been the best takeaway for me out of all of the things that i've learned about others and about myself uh, personality tests is I really did have this fundamental worldview um, and I didn't even know it that everybody was the same and some people were just better at it than others mm, yeah so if somebody really annoyed me it was just that they were worse at being a person than I was mm. when really you know kind of what you were saying about phlegmatics earlier you know like there are people who very authentically um, and very beautifully and um, in a very Christ-like way, think about things completely different than I do. Yeah. And that doesn't really make them better or worse than me. It makes them different. Yeah. And yeah. understanding that there are more than one kind of person helped me to understand and embrace what diversity actually means. Right. Right. I would agree with that. Well put. And, and I think... Thoughts? I just talked yeah. for a long time. No, you're good. Um... I think that's like a place that I'm headed in my like understanding of the world and my understanding of others and myself and like a a major sin. I don't even know what to call it. Maybe just pride, like the usual (laughs) Um, glitter gets everywhere. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that concept that people can think. And I think, okay, when there's like a cultural difference, then I'm like, I don't have an issue when it's somebody who yeah i'm just gonna be honest when it's like a fellow catholic 
American and I feel like I should understand the way that they function because we are in the same like culture, same worldview. Um, And they like think very differently than I do and make decisions very differently than I do. I have a lot of trouble having compassion sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like a, the kind of thing, I don't know, I, like there's some things that we sort of have the tendency and we're like, oh no, I made that mistake again. Let me like deal with that in my mind and my heart and like mm-hmm. repent and, and, and try again. This is something that I actually go to God and I'm like, God, I, I feel like I'm right here. I don't know how to handle this and I know that I'm wrong, but it like, I can't figure it out right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I'm just like in being honest, like in, I wonder if this is something that somebody, that other people might experience that like somebody made a decision that you really disagree with. And, like, you're, like, majorly holding it against them. And, like, it's not even necessarily an objective sin. It's just, like, Mm -hmm. you don't think that they took all the factors into account the way that they should have. Um, I think there's something to these, like, personality types, the way that people process things, the way that people Mm -hmm. um, experience others, experience the world, experience suffering, all of these different Mm -hmm. things. Like, exactly like Ashlyn said, like, there is diversity in that not just we all, you know, think about ourselves and think about others in the same degree, in the same way, mm-hmm. in the same, like, um, I don't know. I'm just using the, the same, I'm just using synonyms now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if there, there are takeaways, no, I think that what you're saying is that, um, it's really important that we understand where, where difference in a, in a decision-making process or difference in disposition is yeah. difference than, words distinct from relativism right it's not that it's like oh you know like this lifestyle being phlegmatic isn't a lifestyle you know like this lifestyle works for me and it doesn't really work for you it's that we can come to the same conclusion or solve solve the same problem through like drastically different means yeah and that if we if we have the the patience and the curiosity to let those things play out in our lives. I think that we can come to like understand better who we are and who God is. Yeah. Um, and even if it is coming to understand the types of brokenness that exist in us and others, mm-hmm. like that is okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, because something like I could have a type of brokenness that disposes me to attack too quickly. And somebody else mm-hmm. could have a type of brokenness that disposes them to absolutely no assertiveness ever, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me to like, I, I struggle with this. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I guess probably because of American culture, I feel like it's more okay to attack quickly as long as you apologize later than it is to like Mm -hmm. never assert yourself. And I think there's something fundamentally flawed with the fact that I hold that sort of inequality and like that Mm -hmm. type of brokenness. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So, and it, it could be because this person was, raised that way it could be that that they're naturally that way but having some sort of easily recognized Mm -hmm. language like four types or 16 types or nine types to help me understand or even just become curious once again for who that person is and how they're different than me without even trying to like figure out why they are that way Mm -hmm. um (laughs) michael scott why are you the way that you are (laughs) um but they it is really challenging and I'm I'm thankful for your candor in that. Oh wow, we didn't even talk about divergent. No, I'm just joking. Um sorry. Teen novels. Oh my. Um, oh yeah, we didn't talk about diversion. <laughs> I, I don't it. 
divergent. I don't know why I said diversion. <laughs> no, um, candor. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go on. You were in the middle of saying something. Oh, just that it's like it's actually very good that people are different from one another. Um, and that's not like a cute thing. It's like, it's just a reality, you know, it's not a mistake (laughs) after, after all of these people like who do things the same way as others and it can, in an opposite way of, you know, a whole bunch of other people. Um, what I mean is like, yeah, there are some people that retreat and when they find another person that retreats, they're like, oh yeah, you too. You know, there's, there's a similarity there, but then there are also plenty of other people in the world where they're like, you are the opposite of me. Um, and they, that's just, that's just a fact. That's, there's, there's difference in temperament Mm -hmm. among people. And so if that's true, then it has to be for a reason. And, um, and a good one so yeah we're just about done here the one thing i want to say real fast is that like a lot of times in these um personality things and i like as we said we kind of like the enneagram the most so you can see it in the enneagram as well um there will be descriptions of how different people different types interact with one another and like how they are in intimate relationships with with each other and i just think yeah exactly like we're saying like it's a tool in a Christian worldview. It has to be a tool to help us love, mm-hmm. like not a tool to help us run, you know? Mm. Um, so like looking at being like authentic, not like typing somebody first and then going in to the website and seeing how you fit together before you bother going on a date, just being authentic. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about in the past about like what your desires are with another and then pursuing them or allowing that person to pursue it with you, whatever it is, um, wherever you're at. And, like, if things like this help to love better by understanding better, awesome. I think, and I say it just because I've seen it before, allowing it to allow you to run from a relationship and say, like, mm-hmm. ah, therefore we don't work together mm-hmm. is not a good thing at all. Not good. <laughs> or even if it's in yourself, in your relationship with yourself like Mm -hmm. oh I don't have to grow because I'm phlegmatic I don't have to grow because I'm an INFJ and that's just how I am you know like um if if you're in a situation that's yeah or like requiring you to grow like you're there on purpose even more than you're that way (laughs) um yep so sick come holy spirit teach us to be ourselves yeah oh I like that prayer me too amen Uh, all right well folks thanks for listening uh you can find us depending on whether or not twitter has come back into my heart as a positive platform um at apw pod and at chris underscore stina you can find us on instagram which i think is a good platform um at apw podcast and um or it can be a good platform. We can talk about it one day. <laughs> um, and you can email us, which is always an excellent platform because it allows for nuance and conversation <laughs> at, <laughs> at apwpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you like what we're doing here, subscribe, review, uh, give us a five-star rating, whatever it is. Uh, share it with a pal. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anyway. Wonderful. We're so thankful for you. And we love you. Bye. Bye.